Maximum News. Welcome back to News of the Maximum Variety. I'm your host as always, Maximilian Danger Derrett, and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host, Cybsidian of the Triple S League. How you doing, Cyb? Aside from the Hello. mugginess. It's, it's, uh, it, you know, I am doing amazing. I had one of the most uh, um, amazing experiences just, just a little bit ago, and I gotta say, I just, I love it when this day comes around at once a year. It's so nice. You get to put that new clean blade on the shaver. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, man, the things that we appreciate as adults, right? Yeah, uh, but, yeah. you know, one of the things that we continue to appreciate, uh, at least Saib and I do, whether regardless if we're children or adults, is video games, which is what you're here to hear us talk about. Guys, going to be honest, not a whole lot of huge stories this past week, and that's mainly because uh, the, the big stories are going to start happening pretty much soon after we record this podcast, because we're recording this on August 21st, the Monday, and tomorrow is Gamescom, so we're expecting to see a whole bunch of stuff out of that, and we're going to be talking about some stuff in regards to that. And then, later this week, we got Armored Core 6, and you know damn well I'm playing that. Saib, you're playing it too, right? Yeah, yeah, well, uh, no, I won't be playing it tomorrow, but I will be playing it uh, uh, sometime in the next three weeks, because apparently there's just everything is releasing tomorrow. Right. No, 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 no. It's not releasing tomorrow. It's releasing on Friday. No, I mean, like, everything is re- just, I mean, like, everything is releasing, like, like all at once. Oh, I get your point. And, okay. And you, you don't have enough time. And and tomorrow we have the uh, Gamescom uh, uh, showcase, which is actually this is the first big Gamescom um, showcase that they're they've ever done, essentially. Right. And so this is expected to be really quite huge. That's what they're promising. That's what I mean. They they flew out uh, Jeff, you know, to 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 Mr. do Keely, one of yeah. his you know do one of his Jeff Winger um, uh, special moments. So. You know, it's it's supposed to be huge. You Will know, it be huge? Yeah. I don't know. Do, do you want to talk about Gamescom really quick? We had that towards the end of the show, but we can just well, talk about it now. Well, it's, it's there's not much to talk about. That's the thing. It's like, it's like there there's a huge promise of stuff that's going to start, you know, th- that's going to be there, that's going to showcase... That it's going to be this new start to the new this new age of Gamescom being being so much bigger and more important and stuff like that. But and I mean not this not to diss on the showcase because it was always really great for European uh, yeah. uh, communities. Um, but they they have promised that before and they had lackluster showcases. So and not saying that it's lackluster in the sense of like you know oh you know you know, why did you even bother doing it? So that's not the case. It's just, it's just, it's so hard to come up with new game news, hot game news. That's, that's exciting. New trailers and stuff like that. When like, it's like a month away from E3, you know, that the E3 time, which is not E3 anymore, but right. that, that, that summer showcase where everything hits all at once. And, um, and then, yeah, you get this thing like a month later and it's like, well, you know, is it is it really? It's like it's like six weeks later, and it's like, well, is it actually that useful, right? Right. Um. So that's that's the oddity of it. It's always been kind of a little bit weird. And again, it's like it's not. I'm not dissing them, calling them bad or anything. It's just, um, they've always had their thing, and they've. And I will give this to them. It's always been better for. As a gamer, I would have always recommended going to Gamescom over going to E3. Oh sure, because. Yeah at e3 unless you have that like special access it's just not worth it yeah. it, it is really just not that worth it and even in unless, the years that they yeah. opened it up to the public you had to stand in line exactly. for hours just to play a 10 minute demo yeah yeah and and it was never like the venue was never done right i'm talking about e3 the the, the venues were never like clean easy fun flowed it was always cramped weird difficult all over the place and again um it's it's amazing if you have like industry insiders connections because you go from one party one inside event one to the next to the next to the next to the next it's like at gamescom it was more about the gamers more about the fans more about the people 
Um, that's what I've been told. I haven't gone to Gamescom in the past, but I've been told that that's how it was. The general and feel, yeah. everybody, yeah, and everybody who ever went as a fan always had a way better time than when I talked to people who went um, to try and get in with stuff at E3. It was always miserable and i mean it's hard to have fun when it's 110 degrees outside <laughs> and you're so, around a whole bunch of sweaty gamers yeah. yeah and you're you're around a whole bunch of sweaty people in way too cramped of a place where it's like hey want to want to buy this bottle of water that's got exactly five ounces of cold well it's not cold it's like lukewarm water that doesn't taste right like it tastes like there's something wrong with the water yeah for for uh, uh 1295 it's like um no not no. really do you want to get so, covid or have you yeah, ever had so, covid do you want to get it <laughs> so i mean the 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 uh what we're gonna see tomorrow will you know will i think will set the record for like what gamescom is going to be in the future sure and then we'll see where it goes from there. So that that's that's the thing because there's nothing really to report on yet. Obviously, it's going to be huge tomorrow. We're trying to see if we can maybe stream it, but I it's due to the fact that it's in the middle of the day and um, it's on a Tuesday. That's going to be kind of hard to pull off for us. Um, yeah, I, I wish I we'll could see. have, but yeah, I'm. We'll, I'm we'll see be, if we we'll yeah. see if we can rope Ash into a solo stream. <laughs> sure. I like. I might like if he does a solo stream. I might be able to pop up like once during the day. It's just going to be a very busy day for me tomorrow. But yeah. if I don't, I, I can at least just give my like the one or two things that I'm generally anticipating about Gamescom. Cause you're right. Like you said before, Sab, there's not a whole lot that's new here because it is uh, just a couple of months after all the, it, what used to be E3 months where we get all the gaming information that said, mm -hmm. there are a few things. Apparently we're going to be seeing more Starfield stuff, which uh, is coming out in two weeks for uh, the general public. And uh, about five days earlier, for people that got the special edition or whatever the hell it is. Uh, and I'm pumped, man. It's my most anticipated game. Same for you uh, outside of Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited to see what they add for that. Uh, they're going to be showing more Alan Wake 2 stuff, which is my second most anticipated game. And just on that note, uh, just a little bit of information that I'll just bring up as well. Thank you, Sam, Lake, and all the people at Remedy for delaying Alan Wake 2 for 10 days. And I sincerely mean that. So, guys, in case you didn't know, Alan Wake 2 was originally going to be coming out on October 17th, and now it is coming out on October 27th. And that makes me very happy because that means instead of having three days to finish Alan Wake 2 so that I can get to Spider-Man 2, I now have seven days to play Spider-Man 2 before I, have, I can play Alan Wake 2. So uh, there's a little bit of extra breathing room. It's not a whole lot, but any extra breathing room is appreciated, especially when uh, all of Saib and my calls for uh, a greater spacing between these major game releases have gone unheard, uh, have at least been, our prayers have at least been answered in this small regard. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then, go ahead. Uh, and I just want to point out that this is this also makes Jack really happy too because you know it's just it's a little closer to his big day and 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 they like that too. Because, Jack, you know, Jack, you know who's from, Jack? Uh, uh, Jack, the the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay, My brother okay. is a huge fan of the movie. He loves it. it. Like he loves it way more than he should. Wait, which movie? So, the 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 Jack. The Halloween Jack from uh, the night, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna out myself right now. I've never seen that movie, never. You know what? I I haven't. I didn't see it until I think like a year or two ago. Uh huh. Um, yeah, Jack Jack was it Jack Skellington? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I, I do recognize that name. You know what? Now that I'm, uh, I I finally started, um living with my wife which has been difficult up until this point in case you guys don't know i'm canadian she's american but now we've been able to start doing that uh she loves the nightmare before christmas and she's probably gonna get me to watch it this year so that's good um and then but the major thing side i was not expecting this uh this that something involving this particular game was going to be happening at gamescom so 
you and I have been talking about a developer named Pearl Abyss for the last year and how their games seem to be kind of sus. Not to the degree of like the sus nature of games like the day before where we're not even really sure if it exists, but they're a company that tends to make announcements for games that look and sound awesome, but then we never hear anything about them again. Case in point. They announced a game back in 2020. I think this was at the Game Awards for a game called Crimson Desert. Mm-hmm. When I saw the trailer for that game, the first thing that I saw after I said to myself after saying seeing it was that this is what I want Elder Scrolls 6 to be. Or I would be happy if Elder Scrolls 6 ended up being like this. Granted, there was a lot of like really bad frame rate in that trailer. But you know, it's like mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably not coming out for a little while. They'll probably have some time to iron that out. Well, for three years, we haven't heard anything. That is until Mr. Keeley let us know on Twitter a few days ago that Crimson Desert will be making its official return to the public spotlight tomorrow. This is, the fir- I think, the first information that we've gotten about the game in the past three years. Does this mean, like... Are the reports that we've discussed previously true that they're still aiming for a release later this year? I don't think so. Maybe early next year. Do you think we'll get a release date, Cybe? Or is it just going to be like, hey, don't forget, we're still around. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I I think I don't think we're going to get a release this year. I don't think we're going to release. Um, I, I kind of doubt we'll get a release next year. You got to remember the way that a lot of the development of games go in that part of the world. Korea, is right? They, yeah, is they announce the game and then they start working on the game. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is a, I, I'm not, I'm not defending this or am I criticizing it too much because this is obviously, there, there are a lot of ways and a lot of times where uh, they need to announce something and they got to get, they got to get their base excited for it and what i mean base i mean not only their fan base but also the actual development team um it is very hard sometimes it is aggressively hostile to recruit in korea and japan for uh develop uh, for developers um because it does not pay a lot and in in some cases it does not pay a lot and in other cases it's like it's like you're signing on to give away 6 years of your life on a project and that's going to be rough yeah weren't they the ones behind uh pal worlds what was that that pokemon with guns game or am i m- mistaken i can't remember i'll i'll, I'll try to look it up uh, when we're into yeah, the next yeah. they were no, 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 I, I'm no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll check it out in, in a minute. But yeah, um, I, I'm sort of with you. Like Pearl Abyss, uh, the developers. And, and, and yeah. again, to, to say it's not, it's we, we've seen this with a number of studios. That's why I say it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like we had, uh, we had Larian announce when they were going to start working on Baldur's Gate. Uh, we had some of these other studios do big announcements when they start working on projects. And that is, again, it's not, I don't think that that's the problem. I think the problem with development is probably like a thousand other things or additional things, depending on how you look at it. It's probably a a thousand additional problems to uh, um, development that that cause the worst of the worst. And I think that overall, um, you do kind of have to sell yourself to the right kind of people that you need to make the game. Yeah. Uh, to some degree, you do have to do that. Uh, and, and some people like Bethesda um, that don't have a lot of turnover, that's not a really, uh, that's not a big issue for them yeah. at, at all in the, in the slightest. Again, they have very, very, very low turnover rate. I think the turnover rate is in the hundredth percentile in comparison to like uh, the average EA studio. Wow. I didn't know it was it's that like, high. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's like it's like they they, you know, 
in comparison, it's like either either it's like three percent of the retention or the um, or the turnover that uh, you know other companies are forced to like constantly turn over, or or conversely, it's like three three four hundred percent higher at these other studios. Um, uh, and again, that's that's barely that's the the because some people don't understand that that Bethesda has like multiples. There's multiple Bethesda studios, and yeah. Todd Howard doesn't run them all. He's not he's not by locating. He's at he's at the one in Maryland. That's where he lives. That's where he works his stuff. He's not in Texas at the same time leading that development studio on their day to day projects. I I've heard somebody confuse this. A big YouTuber confused this multiple times, and it's 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 quite irritating to me. What are you talking because about, like, Sybe? Todd Howard is God. He's <sighs> omnipresent. He's everywhere yeah, all yeah, at he's once. All, he's all, yeah, yeah, God Howard. Oh, my God. Anyways, <laughs> um, praise his name. Uh, there's, yeah, it's, it's just, it it is a bad habit that is exasperate, exasperated um, when you make bad products. It is a cool thing when you make good products. And I think Larian has shown how to do this right. And I don't think Pearl Abyss has done this right, right. in that they have been, they've gone completely radio silent for such a long period of time. I think the the Ashes of Creation slash Baldur's Gate method of game development is a lot better than than the the, the current system we have uh, you know, which is typically like they showcase a game. Sometimes they'll talk about it. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes it's just a teaser. And then we're working on this. And then five, six years later, you get the game. Um, I think that that's a, I don't think that that's the smart thing to do. I think the smart thing to do is come out with the game, showcase it off, say, hey, we are going to be working on this. Uh, apply now for early beta testing. Yeah, and and then I think I think they what you really really need to do is you really need to like really filter that audience and get people who are going to be there to help you make the best game as sort of like this very large test swing. And again, we saw perfect with Larry and absolutely nailed it. Mm -hmm. But in comparison to some of these other studios, especially Crimson, I like I'm I'm not going to be holding my breath because it's like. I suspect that we're not getting this until 2025. Yeah. That's just that's just where I think development is probably put it or if we do get it, it is not going to be what people are thinking that they're going to get. This is not going to be Skyrim level deep world. I think that there's going to be a lot of cool cutscenes and that's going to make up for probably about less than 10 hours of content and then you're going to have um, just, I mean, Black Desert was some, like, it had some good combat, but it also was automated in way too many ways. Mm. And I think automated gaming, I think it is, I think it is like one step away from the absolute worst thing there. Is. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I, just, I just hate it to, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I didn't really like come to this realization until recently, but no, I hate it. No. Not for me. Yeah, I, I think you're right, man. I, I I guess my problem with Crimson Desert is just like what that original trailer seemed to be going for is my yeah. ideal game. And I just wanted to be so, real so badly. It's it's like my star citizen, you know, and yeah. it's just I want yeah. it to be real so bad. I want it to be realized. But yeah, all signs seem to be pointing to that not being the case. But who knows? Miracles can happen. All right. So that's pretty much everything that I'm looking forward to in regards to Gamescom. Is there anything that I missed, guys? Let us know in the comment section below so maybe we can discuss it next week. All right. Let's move beyond that to a pretty cool uh, positive news story. So Soulsborne Games, I'm uh, I'm a new inductee to them. I think I started playing Bloodborne in 2021. That was my first one. And then went to Dark Souls. Got hooked on them ever since. I adore them to death. Very much looking forward to Lies of P uh, and any other Souls-type game that is coming down the pike. One Souls-type game that uh, I've been keeping my eye on since 2020 because it just looks so cool 
is Black Myth Wukong. It's being developed by a Chinese studio. It was announced via a gameplay trailer back on August 20th of 2020. I can't believe it's been that long since that original trailer came out. I remember the trailer for that game coming out and the internet gaming sphere just losing their mind at how cool it looked. Um, So, yeah. Released the original trailer on August 20th of 2020, and ever since then, every year on August 20th, to celebrate that uh, anniversary, the developers of Black Myth Wukong have been doing something to celebrate that anniversary. So, 2021, 2022, they released a new trailer for it. However, this year, on August 20th, 2023, uh, they didn't release a trailer, but they actually invited a whole bunch of people including people from major outlets, to go play a 45-minute demo in Hangzhou, China. Uh, So we've actually, like, the demo for this has been released, but we've also gotten reviews of what was included in the demo from a whole bunch of outlets. I'm taking my information from IGN. So I'm I'm going to list out the stuff that was in the demo. Then I'm going to ask Saib for your reaction to the footage that we saw, and then I'll give my impression. So... Uh, There was no level up system in the demo, which it will be in the final game, but it just wasn't necessary here. There were three bosses in the demo, plus one hidden that you sort of have to, uh, without spoiling anything, you sort of have to coax into becoming a boss. Five enemy types, including one that can kill you in one blow, which is appropriate. You know, it wouldn't be a Souls type game if uh, the difficulty wasn't off the chain. Light and heavy attacks, also typical of Souls type games. Plus, uh, like with Ghost of Tsushima, which isn't really a Souls-type game, but it, like Ghost of Tsushima, it has three different combat stances that you can uh, uh, use. One is called Smash, another one is called Pillar, and another one is called Thrust. And all of these stances are used with your main weapon, which seems to be the one weapon that you're going to use for the entire game, which is this huge stick. And uh, it's pretty cool the way these three stances operate. One, the the smash stance just appears to be your general combat stance. But then there's another one called pillar, where you can actually stand on top of your stick and use it sort of like a pogo stick. And then thrust, which is, you know, you thrust your stick forward. Uh, There's also four different types of magic that you can use. Immobilize, which, you know, you immobilize your enemy so you can get a few hits in before it goes back into its animations. Stone solid, ring of fire, and pluck of many. And pluck of many is where you can actually generate a whole bunch of illusions of yourself to distract the enemy. Then there's two transformations where you can become like a, I think they call it a fire wolf. And then you can also do poison attacks. Finally, the map of the game is apparently semi-open like it is in Dark Souls. So you kind of can go wherever you want, but not really because you can't advance in certain parts of the games until you level up to a certain degree. But you can go in whatever direction, see maybe you encounter a boss, you find it too hard, then you go back and find another boss, get the experience, then go back to the previous boss, yada, yada, yada. So that's what we got. Um, I'll give my impressions of the combat and the graphics and all that stuff in a second, but I want to throw it over to Saib. What did you think of the footage we saw from this event of uh, Black Myth Wukong? It, it looks visually like it looks visually really good. Yeah. Um, and, and it does have that kind of dark soulsy type vibe. I get the feeling that it's not as hard as some of those game. Yes. I, I get the feeling that it's not meant to be, you know, that, that hard. Like, I don't think that, I mean, and again, well, when I say hard, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, from a, a general standpoint of new person playing uh, Dark Souls type games, right? So new person playing Dark Souls type game can have, can have the experience of, that's kind of the memeified version, which is like, oh, this is a video game. I'm going to have fun. You know, I don't need to read instructions. Runs in and immediately gets just murdered in two hits from the the enemy. And then, you know, you spend the next, like, 15 hours, like, you know, trying to, like, train. You get the training montage. You're running up the steps. You're you're doing the the, every montage at once. You come back into the game. You're like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you die in three seconds instead of one second. And it's like... Improvement. 
it's an improvement. Now that's the that's the standard stereotypical from uh, general people who don't take gaming super seriously type thing. Then there's the people who like you know who played through Elden Ring, um, and they like did the the you know master the weapon builds that let them kill the boss in 0.3 seconds right yeah there's there's then there's people who do that and again that's this is this is fine in in that's the the, kind of the purpose of dark souls game right it's it's that's cool i i find the roly-poly-oly memes to be really funny and then the counter roly-poly-oly memes to be even funnier Uh um it's 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 really cool to have that kind of diversity and stuff. I think this is falling more so on what I would call be like Dark Souls light. That's not, and I don't mean that to like uh, say that the game is going to be like super easy or that it's going to be journalist friendly as far as like yeah. being able to complete it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be like that, like it's not as hard as some of the Dark Souls games where it was like you had to have like perfect timing for parries um and a bunch of other stuff yeah not like sekiro uh, yeah i don't think it, i don't think it's gonna be the sekiro kind of like like the 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 super hard mode kind kind of stuff i think it's more meant to be a visual a visually super pleasing story telling an ancient uh tale yeah. I think I think that's the, the that's the primary focus. I believe that then game difficulty and skill takes a back seat to that, which is fine because that's the way. If you want a lot of people playing your game, that's that's more or less the way that you need to approach it. If you're not giving like difficulty options, right? It can be made. It, I do agree with you, but I I do think that there's a certain degree uh like. I think the game is structured in a way where you can make it harder based on how you, in what order you approach the bosses. So, for example, mm-hmm. in the IGN write-up, they said that there was one secret boss that they could go fight, but it took them an hour to kill it. And I'm guessing mm-hmm. that's just because they fought that boss before they were supposed to. Now, if you go in sort of the order that the game is coaxing you to go, then yes, I agree with you. It would probably be, end up being easier than what I think is probably the easiest Souls type game, which is Demon Souls. But you can still have the potential to try and be a badass, like so many people in the Souls type community does. Yeah, I agree with you. The game looks absolutely wonderful. It's that Unreal Engine Five flavor. Uh, you see, like when they're fighting in the snow, and the way that their feet are kicking the snow aside, that it's piling on top of each other. Then there was that fight between him and the giant um, uh, tiger vanguard. I think that was the name of the boss. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting in this huge pool of blood, and the water—well, the water, the blood—is uh, swishing and reacting to your every movement. Oh, it looks so cool! And then, yes, the combat—it looks as kinetic as uh, you would expect from a modern Souls-type game. Uh, And yes, it is sort of following the general formula, but with enough of a differentiation in there so that it feels uh, uh, fresh. That might not be enough for some people, but for me, who is addicted to these types of... uh, to this formula, I am absolutely all here for it. Plus, as somebody who has sort of been getting into uh, Eastern mythology a lot more as of late, I actually watched um uh, it's not exactly a adaptation of journey to the west which is one of the four or three most famous novels in uh chinese history like it's that the water margin romance of the three kingdoms Um, but i watched a movie of that and they featured the same monkey king that uh, is in Black Myth Wukong. So I'm going to be able to experience uh, more of that type of mythology, which I'm very happy about. It's got a summer 2024 release date. I think it's safe to say it might be like top three, maybe my top most anticipated game of next year. So I I, uh, I can't think of any other ones that are coming out next year off the top of my head. Uh, could be wrong, though. But yeah, uh, where, where does it sit for you? Um. It, it it depends. I, I need to see a little bit more on it. Um, typically, I d- I'm not. I, I'm typically not that into most story games that are like very very. Uh, what's the word? 
hyper linear. Okay. Um, as far as like, like I like having an open world, choosing where I go, when I go, choosing which bosses I fight first or what story paths take me where, you know, things like Baldur's Gate. Yes, that's a very linear story in, in the sense of like, you know, I suppose, you know, you can if you list all the bosses and fights, there is a way that you can go about it in, in that direct way. But it's far more open so that if you want to rush and do one event after, you know, before doing another event, like you could totally do that. Then there's other options. There's other ways that things can can get played into that perspective. So so, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm not. I'm not super stoked for it, but I am going to be, I'm going to be interested in seeing how it goes mm-hmm. uh, because this is an, again, this is a studio that is sort of new on the scene. How will they, how will they make changes? How will they offer something different? Very good questions and only time will tell. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to approach this one because I don't want to get too excited for it in the sense of like, um, seeing what what's there seeing what's going to be offered uh i'm i'm a little hesitant on anything coming out of china true uh i'm i'm extremely hesitant for anything coming out of china so it's like it's like we'll we'll see we'll see so it's i i i did really like the visuals i thought some of the visual net uh work that they were doing uh with especially the hair is like yes please can we finally get can we finally get <laughs> developers across the world it's not it's not just like western developers it's developers everywhere it's like hair physics have not really moved up in the world of gaming at all for a really long time with the exception of a small handful of titles and even then it's only good in certain cutscenes. but like once you start to like try to do other things with it it's just not good so it's like yeah. i it's like I, that's the biggest thing where i'm like oh that that's impressive i really like what they've done here i hope that this is uh re- easily replicatable and and put and added into many 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 other games because i i fingers crossed but yeah yeah see bethesda that's how you do that all right and uh yeah i was just looking at this list of games coming out in 2024 i will say i am looking forward to hellblade 2 more than I am Black yep. Myth Wukong, but uh, that's about it. So, yes, definitely on my most anticipated. And while I do agree with you, Saib, uh, I will say that what we have seen so far, I think, merits optimism. But you never know what could happen. All right, let's move on to... Uh, we, we got a few smaller stories here, and then we're going to cap off with something regarding Starfield. Um, this uh, is a small story uh, in terms of its content, but uh, huge in terms of the... like. Uh, just what it means. So Xbox 360 is, uh, it might be my favorite console of all time. I think just because of the amount of time I spent playing games on that console. Uh, got a lot of games that I got through games with gold, bought a lot of digital games. Uh, it was announced this past week that the storefront, which might be my favorite storefront marketplace that, any console has ever had it's going to be shut down next year on july 29th 2024 when that happens you will no longer be able to purchase dlc new games or anything like entertainment wise from an xbox 360 thankfully though you will still own all the games that you bought and downloaded uh be it because you purchased them or because you got them through games with gold plus If you delete a game that you bought digitally or downloaded digitally, you can still re-download it, not just on the 360, but on the Xbox One and Xbox Series X and Series S. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, It's it's not something that, unfortunately, Nintendo or PlayStation are willing to let us do with games that we bought on the PS3. Screw them. Uh, I hope... uh, because Xbox is doing it, I hope it sets a standard that uh, those other companies will emulate, although I'm not holding out hope. But it's uh, it's sad, but it's something that was inevitably going to happen, and I credit Microsoft for uh, handling this in a pretty decent way. Uh, Saib, any thoughts? Did you own a 360? Uh, I think I did, but I think I only used discs. Yeah. 
Uh, there was long there was in, throughout my console, which has been sporadic. I never, ever, ever did. Um, I never trusted online anything. Mm-hmm. And the the main the main reason for that was that I had a um, just did not have access to good internet in the early console days. I just I really didn't. Have, I had dial up. Um, yeah, yeah, and and even like even into early WoW stuff, it's like I was I was restricted by dial up. How the hell did you play World of Warcraft with dial up? That's a very very good question. I ask myself the same question multiple times. But yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a scenario where um, it it was difficult. It was it was a difficult time. It was a different time back then when you had the when you had that screeching dial up thing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I avoided, I avoided any kind of online anything. And I think that, I think the, the only game I ever bought on a digital storefront was the console version of civilization. Hmm. Yeah. And I, um, I'm not exactly eager to uh, to download that and play that at any at any time in the future. I mean, it was it was cool for its time. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it, but um, I thought it was okay-ish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the that was the only game period that I ever bought on a digital storefront until the advent of smartphone games yeah. post uh, post new iPhone and better internet. Yeah, 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 and, and wireless internet. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. I, I wouldn't imagine being able to, you know, keep your internet on for a fortnight just trying to download one game. But yeah, for myself, uh, even though I totally agree with you about the merits of physical media, I do use digital media for convenience. I downloaded Dark Souls, the original one. That was how I, I did download it on the Xbox 360 and played a little bit of it. It wasn't until like years later where I got back into it thanks to my friend Eliza. Um, I think I got Bioshock through there. I got Limbo through there. A whole bunch of great games. And uh, yeah, I, a whole bunch of great games that I still need to get to. Maybe I need to break it out. But yeah, end of an era. But uh, thankfully, we're still able to get access to all those games that we earned. All right. Moving on to uh, this next one. What's, uh, what is this about video game investments, Saib? Uh, just really quickly, video game investments are having a very, 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 very hard time. And by hard time, we mean a um, a massive loss on multiple fronts. Okay, uh, this is just this isn't good. In in some cases, uh, there has been some um, there's been some losses in and around like 30, 40 percent. Uh, in other losses, it's it's a lot worse. In other ones, it's not as bad. Um, some of the growth has almost some growth has come to an almost stop. Um, other people are seeing a bit of a decline in growth. So yeah, and a lot of this tends to to focus in and around live servicey type stuff, and just like the the heavy presence of like buy this now, get this now. Uh, definitely uh, VR stuff. Has, has kind of taken a bit of a hit and a couple other things. It's it's a it's a really big issue that covers a lot of studios and not everything is the same reason why. I think we're starting to see uh I think we're starting to see some problems come home to roost when it when when you're talking uh specifically about the the issues of like mobile or like um heavy heavy cash based uh microtransaction live service games i think we're starting to finally see a dent in that because perhaps they've hit peak users and they just haven't been able to continue to grow in some of these stats we're seeing the the company is still breaking in you know huge amounts of money but they're they they didn't double their users like they did the year before yeah right so that's where it's kind of like, and and again, that spells death for some companies. There there are some companies where as soon as they don't 
triple their, you know, they don't triple like they did the year before. Um, they just they just completely crumble. And there's been a number of, of companies that I've seen have this, that I've seen this happen to in the past few years where I'm like, you guys were selling your product to basically everybody who could possibly buy your product. Yeah. Why did you think you were going to double again? Like, who did you think you were going to start selling to the Venusians? Like, <laughs> like really? Like, like I, I don't understand. Why did you think? And the one case that I, I had a, ha- I had a chance of talking to the guy. I'm like, He's like, I, you know, I don't know what happened. It's like, it's like the universe suddenly decided to like turn against me and I, and, and teach me this lesson in humility. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not the universe. That's just, that's just basic math. You had gotten to the point where you would, you were selling well above the, the, the number of people that could possibly buy your product. And then you expect it to double again the following year. Because you had the year before, it's like you you just needed to learn where your limit was. So I I hope that's what we're seeing here. I hope that's what we're um we're gonna see with these with these microtransactions and and this other stuff. I hope we're we're gonna see a, a bit of an impact on that. Um, it could have something to do with bank failures. It could have something to do with just you know global economic growth and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I I. I do talk a lot about the numbers. I don't get too heavy into them because it's very boring for, for the most part. And it can so that's be why, like, pretty depressing, especially. Yeah. And, and, and some now. of it, yeah. Some of it can be really, really depressing. Um, like I think in some, some of these cases, it's like there's some people pulling out of the, the Polish game development studios because they expect Poland to be involved in a war in the next like, six to 12 months yeah and it's like oh that that's that's not that's not good news like that's not fun news like to see that people are hedging their bets against you know just people surviving and and being able to make a product in a in a country that has there's no reason for that to think so yeah that's slightly problematic and 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 kind of bad but it was an interesting thing to note uh, but we have a much more fascinating story with uh, Starfield. Yeah. If we want to get into that. Uh, do we want to get right into... I don't want to end on the Overwatch 2 thing. Well, actually, I don't know. Well, oh, I thought we were, I thought we were skipping the Overwatch 2 thing. So Overwatch 2, they, they responded to being the worst reviewed. Yes. And so, guys, in the, universe. the last week... Remember last week, guys, when we talked about how Overwatch 2 was just getting review bombed on Steam? It is now officially the worst rated game on Steam. But sorry, go ahead, Sid. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah, it was it was kind of interesting to watch the uh, to watch. Uh, I believe his name is uh, Aaron. Yeah. Um, the the head of the studio he goes yeah so we launched on Steam last week and although being review bombed isn't a fun experience and I, I I don't think that they're being review bombed I think people are just naturally responding to the mess that you made yeah I I, I don't think this <laughs> is like a hey we're gonna review bomb you because your boss did something that we didn't like no 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 you guys did something that the community didn't like you guys knew you were going to cancel the the pve content the vast majority of the pve content you knew that on paper you knew that for about six months and you didn't tell anybody because you guys were afraid of it negatively impacting the sales of the release of overwatch 2 which is basically overwatch 1 because you didn't launch it with any with hardly any new content at all so I, I have absolutely, I have absolutely no compassion for this this review bombing. I think it's accurate. I think it's what people are are saying with their dollars. You you everybody who owns this, everybody who bought this, bought this with the anticipation of of getting what you promised originally. Then you switched it to Overwatch Two. You resold it to them, basically the same game. 
you can't play Overwatch one anymore. Yeah. You 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 force the upgrade. You can't get into it. You know, um, without uh, without engaging in this new microtransaction mess. And then you didn't even give the stuff that you you had promised as the majority of the seller. I I honestly don't know how companies can keep getting away with this stuff. Um, well, I mean, I do. It's it's governments who have absolutely no spine whatsoever. Um, I, I they put more. The government put in more. Every government, not just the American government, every government put in more opposition to the merger between Microsoft and uh, and and Blizzard Activision King than they did about the clear and the clear and direct lie and the majority of of promised content in a game that was sold to people and then months after the sale came out they came out and said yeah you know all that extra stuff that we promised was going to be released you know in the following seasons you know with the game coming out uh just want you all to know uh we're not doing any of that at all um what we're going to do instead is we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing the last couple of months to like force you to like interact with this game on a daily basis out of you know the um the fomo yeah. just eating you alive and the and then the microtransactions everywhere which is and just somehow just... worse than the loot box system yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's just it's bad it's messy um he wrote our goal with overwatch 2 has been to make the game more accessible than ever to more people than ever <laughs> Many of the reviews on Steam mentioned the cancellation of the much larger PvE components that was announced in 2019 as the primary reasons for dissatisfaction of the game. Yeah. I get that. Thank you for... I, I will give you the props there that he actually admitted that. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that again, and again, we've, we've talked this about this several times. Um, I don't think they have any developers there that are working on this project that, that are smart enough to figure out how to dig themselves out of that hole. Mm. And again, we've talked about obvious talked about this solutions. Last week. Yeah, yeah. We we talk about this like, and and again, we're just spitballing ideas that they work on paper, but they can't. Apparently, they're just incapable of doing that. And and the same studio that has literally thousands of employees behind it that they could put on this to like get this fixed. Apparently, those thousands and thousands of employees can't create even one percent of the content that a studio with 400 people can can do like yeah you know and again this isn't that we're not saying that this is uh that you know it's like oh well they should they should have seen Baldur's gate and, and decided to like get on that right away no, no this the same kind of like development process there was a big announcement for Baldur's gate in 2019 and back in 2019 all of this stuff was announced for overwatch one studio has thousands and thousands of people at their beck and call. The other studio had about 200, and then they grew to 400 yep. over the course of the past few years. Meanwhile, this behemoth promises the majority of the content that they promised for this for the release of this game was just not given out. They said, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, no refunds. And then the governments who were supposed to be on the side of these people said, yeah, no, we're, we're way more concerned about them being bought out by another company than whether or not they fulfilled their, you know, contractual obligations in the sale. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I guess it's they, so weird. I guess they kind of got away with it because it was free and they made all their money through the, but there's gotta be false advertising laws yeah, even yeah, that, regards that's, to that that's business what i mean model. that's what i mean yeah. The, yeah the false advertising here was was legendary and again the 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 ability to think your way out of a, a out of a problem it's like apparently they're just incapable of doing that which is so bizarre to me it's like yeah. you you just you really just didn't have any ability to come up with a, a solution to any of these problems it's like okay Right. <laughs> well, that that's fine. I'm just not going to play your game anymore. There's plenty of other yeah, games. So like he, yeah, for mentioned Baldur's Gate three, which I still have to get around to. Yeah. So, so he continued to say, uh, just summing this up. Yeah. Uh, is, is if we can turn back the clock, if we can't turn back the clock, then what can we do? 
well, we can keep adding and improving to Overwatch 2, and this is how we move forward. And again, it's they're promising, you know, more cosmetics, more features, ever expanding, evolving, improving the game. Um, but if my sources are correct within the uh, Blizzard, um, most of the people who are involved with this are just done. Yeah. They're, they're just done. They know that there's going to be a big shakeup when the when the merger completes. That a lot of the the people in high level positions aren't going to be there. Some of them are going to be kicked to the curb. Um, some of them are going to be reviewed, and and somebody's going to look at them and go, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> and and yeah. and a lot of the C level sweet people, they're all gone. Like almost every C level person is going to be gone. Like they're they're all getting big golden parachutes, but they're almost all going to be gone. Just like just like with Zenimax. When Zenimax, the the not the game studio, but the actual like financial oversight, you know, head company, um, I think it was like like less than five percent of those people may, like kept their job. Yeah, and most of them were just like golden parachute. There you go. Here's a giant severance. You own stock in this company, so here, congratulations. Your stock is worth like a hundred times more than what what it was when you got it. Uh, congratulations! There's the door. Go, go, retire, because you have enough money to do that now. It was a lot of that. There was a lot of people who went from there, got jobs at ABK uh, and other places like that, and and uh, it's it's a bit of a swamp. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what happened, and uh, I, I'm glad that they're admitting that. That's the first step. The next step will be to keep that promise of like actually working on it. But as Gold mentioned, they said that most of this isn't going to be fixed until Overwatch three. <laughs> yeah, and the end of the I, decade. I, I think I think he nailed it. I think that if they don't, if they can't do anything with this, if they can't like you know move forward on this, um, it is beyond me why you know why haven't we gotten a studio out of the the Blizzard Activision universe that actually makes stuff like Arcane. Like, I just, I just don't understand why, you know, they were the ones who started that film style that started that amazing animation stuff. And, and that has this amazing animation studio that's buried in that company somewhere that makes these cool trailers and stuff like that. But they never came back capable of putting it into a show. Yeah. Like, it was so weird. So weird. And then they outsourced their movie to to, to Hollywood. And it's just like, ah, oh, and it was just garbage. And it was just, why? Yeah. And it, it could have it had so much potential because it's Warcraft. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just just that. I mean, even Overwatch. It's like, I, I don't much, understand. Yeah. I don't understand why Overwatch didn't have its own, like, season of... <sighs> shows like it, it was could have so been big. so freaking huge and they f- okay all right well yeah. we've we've belabored the point uh yeah screw yeah, overwatch yeah. 2 hopefully the microsoft activision blizzard merger will begin to fix things but that's not going to be for several years let's end on something that we can i hope laugh at as long as we don't die of embarrassment and stupidity i can't well, we're gonna laugh was, at this yeah we're gonna laugh at this um you know People seem to have forgotten that uh, Twitter is not a place for for is not a place where you expect that everybody that you meet is going to be one hundred percent honest nor one hundred percent accurate. Um, that sometimes they will say things to just get a rise out of you, and what? or to. There's this weird thing that people do where they they make a post, um, and 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 at first glance it appears to be you know sort of a hypocritical, nonsense, rude post. But the more you look at it and then you watch as people react to it, you realize that the true intent the whole time was to just mock a hypocrite, who then you know responded to the bait, mm-hmm. and just got and and just like made a fool of themselves. So this is kind of what's happened in this this uh, this thing, and I, I was watching this story. Like I, I sent this story to you last night. Since then, there has been probably about a half a dozen to a dozen videos from big content creators covering this post about how Stupid. absolutely 
uh, rude and arrogant and all this kind of stuff was. This post was just absolutely not acceptable. So on a couple of days ago, Grums, a guy who used to be on the, um, Blizzard. the World of Warcraft, used to work for Blizzard, used to be on the World of Warcraft team. He was one. He was the the head guy uh, on on World of Warcraft for a long time. He made a post about stating how the the uh, the the intro screen, the the menu screen for Starfield, uh, wasn't made with passion or or heart, essentially. Um, and it, the funniest thing about that, because it's kind of silly, especially when you look at you know Skyrim's menu or uh, when you look at Fallout, Fallout 3's 3. menu, there it's it's basically the exact same. It's the logo, it's a single image, and then you have new load settings, you know that stuff, and then that's it. So <laughs> who cares? The screen now. Now this is this is this is this is why I thought. See, and this is why I, I I didn't quite give you the whole story until until now. So most of us are going, who cares? Why does this matter? And why would he care about that? Why would he post something that comes off as so silly? Well, he didn't do it because he actually believed it. Uh, he he basically said, "Hey guys," to his loyal group of fans, said, "Hey guys, watch me make the journalists' minds melt." Then he posted that post saying, this is really just a disgrace of game development, blah, 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 blah. And then without people bothering to look at any of his previous posts that he made about it, saying, hey, look, watch me like, you know, make these journalists lose their minds because they're going to they're going to run with the story. They're going to run with this headline thing and they're not going to look and say, hey, is he serious or is he making a joke or is it a meme? And he clearly said, this is basic. This is a meme. I'm going to show you that you can't trust what journalists say. They'll jump on a story and just run with it to some psychotic level. And again, not just journalists, a bunch, a bunch of the Twitterati. Um, uh, what do we call it now that they're not? It's not Twitter. The the Xerati. The Xerati. <laughs> yeah. The the Xeratis come in and and wave their banners and and scream and be outraged for the sake of outrage because his follow one of his follow up tweets is really funny. Um, he goes, he goes, this is this is a joke. This is a meme. This is this is I'm posting this stuff to start this debate to show that. Game developers don't actually care about games, and people reporting on news stories will look at one post, will not do any other research at all, and they'll run with the story. And Pretty so that's why I didn't, gig, I didn't, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, now to, to be fair to Max, um, Max, I gave the story to Max, and then I said I would cover the story. So Max didn't. That was not his job to to discover that this was yes. a um, thank you. That this was a fault, <laughs> and and that's why I didn't let him run into a tangent in this before revealing that. Ah, no, actually, you see, this wasn't this wasn't done in the sense of of being fair. This was done in the sense of showcasing um, a bunch of stupid, arrogant, moronic people who jump at the quickest story uh, and then react to this because he's, he's, he's following this up with so many, like a bunch of like, uh, like gifts from, um, from South park. Uh, he did this to gain a lot of subscribers because again, if you want to gain subscribers, you do so by making inflammatory posts that get a bunch of people to rah, rah and, and to, so start yelling at each other and he proved that this is this works and that this is how it goes and that you can use this to gain whatever you want so so that's a that's a thing that has happened that to this day uh probably when you're listening to this you can find people commenting on wow this was a really insensitive tweet without having done any zero follow-up looking at wait was it was he being serious or was this like you know, a a a, uh, a a garbage post for the sake of being garbage to to you know basically throwing out a piece of uh, bread amongst the seagulls and the rats to let the seagulls and the rats fight over the bread. It's like which w- you know, watch me do this, 
and then for all those people to prove exactly what they are. I think, again, I, I don't think it was it's necessarily in the best of it's not the best way to grow your following online but at the same time it is like it's it is funny to showcase what you know how people react to stupid stuff sometimes so yeah so that's that's the that's the thing um i have some better starfield news uh there is a giant truck with a Starfield logo and a very space-looking truck that has arrived at Gamescom, uh, there's going to be something. Looks like it, it right now. It looks like a. Um, it looks like a. They've set up a studio to actually record. You can actually see a camera set up in here. There's a couch. There's mm-hmm. some other stuff. So it appears as if we're getting some interviews and some discussion will be coming over the next day or so from Gamescom. Nice. Um, with the with the tr- truck. I just sent that to, to you, Max, there. And it, it looks kind of cool. It's one of these, like... So it's a semi-truck that doubles as, like, a mobile studio. So the, this is an actual thing that I guess they make <laughs> for some companies. So, yeah, looks cool. Uh, some people are like, uh, I don't like the look. It looks too much like a Volvo truck, which you know, fair. <laughs> Volvo trucks aren't aren't exactly known for their well. I, I, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I find them fine. I, I think they're fine. I think yeah, they're, whatever. They're interesting. Yeah, but uh, there's this, and then there's a bunch of other news coming out, including um, and the the springboard from the uh, from the post about their their screen their their screen menu that menu screen was not supposed to come out that was a leak Leak, by somebody who got an early access copy to start doing reviews and as of today so this is monday we're recording on monday uh, a bunch of a bunch of people have gotten this paris this ladies a couple days ago Uh, a bunch of other people have received their copies today um there are going to be spoilers starting today if you do not want anything spoiled, this is your official warning. This game is is now in the hands of people who will spoil the game for clicks and for likes and for shares on Twitter, on X, whatever they want to call it now, yeah. on YouTube. Um, if you do not want to have this stuff spoiled to you, beware. Start because, muting keywords. Because people are already getting to the end of the game. Uh, there was somebody who was talking about how they were getting to the end of the game and their goal is to spoil the game's ending pre-release as revenge for Fallout 76. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is a bit of a, that's a bit of a sour update on that. Uh, some of the good updates are that um, the game has gone gold. A bunch of PlayStation website journalists claim that they're they're that they were responsible (laughs) for the game going gold that they were the ones who forced bethesda's hand to uh to finalize the game what um yeah yeah this was a crazy story so a, a a website that that is run by um some hardcore playstation journalists uh game journalists um, started to say that the game was good. They started creating rumors and and say, saying that the game wasn't ready and that it was going to be delayed again and that that it was it was never going to run uh, well on Xbox and all this kind of weirdo stuff. They started doing this and then like not in response to them, but just generally as a thing of of course of what they do. They're like, hey, the game is now gone gold. We're now ready to start shipping out the games. Uh, people who have the um, the collectors who's bu- who have bought the collectors editions have already started to receive emails that their order is now being shipped to them. So some of those people are going to start doing unboxes soon, uh, unboxing videos soon, uh, that kind of stuff. They're not going to be able to play the game because you just get a code that doesn't actually do anything until the game is actually allowed for pre uh, pre preloading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's but the the wheels are turning. And this PlayStation journalists came out and said, ah, we were the ones who made that happen. And it was just like, oh right. God. 
Yeah, right. Of course you were. Um, yeah, the, 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 and again, this is not a hit against PlayStation owners or users or fans. This is a hit against game journalists who, no matter what position that they're in, find the weirdest ways to say the weirdest stuff. Yeah. Like, really bizarre things sometimes. So, yeah, so that's a thing. That's a thing that happened. And, uh, and yeah, but the real question that I need to pose to everybody here is quite possibly one of the most serious things we've ever discussed. And that is the, um, the crazy people. No, I'm just kidding. The crazy people who play their game by inverting the controls for the flight stick. Oh, in, in, no. Like, who are who you? Who is somebody, that for? Seriously. Who is that for? And, and just, just, and just like, and this is a big question. And I have to have people answer this question. When you're in space, what is up? <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just, I need to know what is up because, you know, because I like, you know, I like, I think, you know, I've got to level out my ship all the time and I'm just having a bit of, do I, do I, do I rotate the ship? to the axis of the point of the, the, um, the, the spinning of the solar system or of the galaxy or of the universe or of the, uh, the central uh, dark matter uh, mass that nobody knows about. Um, what's the proper way to fly your spaceship? And that is as spoilery as we are going to get over the next two weeks before this game comes out. Mm. Less than less than two weeks now, isn't it? Uh, no, actually, it's uh, two weeks in a day for people yeah, that two are weeks, two weeks in a day. Yeah, but uh, people yeah. who got the special edition are going to be able to play it in a week and a half. So kudos to yeah. those people. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost here, guys. I'm very excited for it. Saib and I are going to play the crap out of this game. Definitely going to be talking about it on the show when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Until then, guys, I want to thank you all for joining us on this particular episode of Maximum News. Those are all the stories that we got for you this week. We'll have plenty to talk about next week and the subsequent weeks uh, with the release of Starfield and a whole bunch of other games that are coming out. Uh, if you have any thoughts on any of the stuff that we talked about today, please leave a comment uh, down below. Whether you agree or disagree with anything that Saib and I talked about or if we missed a particular topic, let us know. Just, uh, you know, be civil about it. And make sure you hit that like button if you uh, like this particular episode. It helps us out a lot. Thank you, Saib, as always, for doing the show with me. Uh, anything you want to plug before we finish? Uh, no, just check out the main channel and Ash's new Sinometry, Sinometry show. He's covering Futurama. And he's been having a hoot doing it. Um, and then uh, stay tuned because we're going to be doing a ton of stuff with Starfield. We've got uh, an extra hand or two helping us with some content. That's going to be really exciting. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, uh, keep appealed here. Yep. And uh, you guys can find me on my main channel, just at Max Starrett. I'll put links to the stuff that Saib mentioned and my stuff in the description box below. Make sure you come over to my channel this coming week because I got a pretty awesome video coming out on Majora's Mask that I think is going to blow a lot of people's minds, uh, whether you're a new Zelda fan or somebody who's been around since the beginning. Until then, stay yellow, my friends. Goodbye.